would your guess be that Bell's is uh, a a distressed business or b a conscious business looking for a custodian? <laughs> Radio Brews News is proudly presented by Cryer Malt. With over 25 years in the field, Cryer Malt is dedicated to providing the finest brewing ingredients to help brewers create the foundations of a truly excellent beer. They are your premium brewing partner and they are proud sponsors of Brews News and specifically Brews News Week, which is this. It's uh, our regular wrap-up of all that has made news in beer this week. I'm your host, Pete Mitchum, and joining me to take a good hard look at the news, the views and the issues are the founder and editor of Australian Brews News, Matt Kierkegaard, and ace reporter and senior journalist, Claire. Claire. Just Not like you, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> and Claire Burnett. G'day, guys. Hey, Pete. God, she's never forgiven you for uh, dropping the boom boom on her and, uh, you know, boom boom Burnett. I and know, uh, that's now it. you can't even get a first name right. That's it. Yeah, well, well, scoop didn't stick. No, it didn't. It should have done. Because I think it can't, yeah. Well, maybe we need, maybe had you uncovered uh, something like the Stone Wood sale or. We did. Uh, we did. No, but if, if you'd been the first oh, one. Oh, and to, I was personally then, the one and, that announced it. Right, okay. And then I had okay. called you Claire Scoop Burnett. It might have stuck. <laughs> nah, I don't, yeah, I prefer Boom. Yeah, right, I think I've, I've after leaned dinner, she's it. two scoops, Burnett. Two scoops. <laughs> <laughs> Shh, Matt, don't tell people that. Moderation. Very difficult to turn a scoop into a sound effect, like a drop at the end of each episode. That's yeah, very true. very true. Yeah, very true. I'm glad so we were boom, with that. Boom works much better. Yeah, I agree. And well done on you too for uh, for owning it. And um, yeah, you know, I get there. I got there in the end. I got there in the end. Wearing it beautifully, <laughs> even though you halved it because it was it really you should say boom boom. 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 Yeah, well, yeah. But, yeah. She, she, but then it sounds like the whole episode's a joke, which in yeah, <laughs> occasionally it is. <laughs> Ugly Dave Gray for those who are That's older, right. yeah, who are in, in their fifties. Um, but she, she did an ad read, uh, Claire being she, um, did an ad okay. read in uh, Beer of Conversation that you might have heard, very well, uh, magic uh, yeah. done. Thank the you. client was actually disappointed, you know, the, the ad client that, was, that it wasn't, didn't finish with a boom. I told you you pay, I told you you pay <laughs> extra. Yeah, you so, pay extra for a boom. So advertisers? <laughs> ah, okay. So you've got standard package or would you like... Would you like to see our boom package? It's, <laughs> it's double the price. <laughs> Can I interest you in a boom? <laughs> uh, what we can interest people in, that's enough malarkey, um, is uh, a bit of news because there's quite a bit happening and um, I'll just keep an eye on, uh, like I did last week, just scan through because this is the only time each week that I have uh, any social media open because that's where Matt sends the link uh, to, <laughs> to our recording session. So um, <laughs> I'll, I'll see if there's any other breaking news that I can... Uh, we do have a fair bit to get through. So let's cross live now to the Australian Brews News Media Centre for a wrap of stories making news in uh, beer this week. And Claire, what do we begin with? We are starting uh, with the news very early this morning. I didn't get up Wait for a minute. it. Matt Wait a minute. It. Has, has a big brewery bought a little brewery? A big brewery is bought. Well, it's well, not that little. little. <laughs> okay, I, I, yeah, I, number seven brewery in the US, craft brewery in the US. So mm-hmm. Lion has bought Bell's Brewery uh, over in the US. It's a big deal over there. We were a little bit like, oh, that's nice. Interesting. Okay. But I imagine it's a huge deal um, over in the US. Uh, really interesting given, obviously, the uh, Stone and Wood acquisition earlier. Um, clearly, Lion is expanding and they've got the money to do so so yeah interesting one on that one obviously joining uh new belgium who 
was part, became part of the Lion Group two years ago. So yeah, interesting move from them. The the, the thing that strikes me is the, the 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 purchase has been a couple mooted. Cigar City was one that I'd actually heard maybe uh, getting the ruler cast over when Matt Tapper moved over, who's the head of Lion Little World Beverages, used to yeah. be mm-hmm. craft. Um, but then also shuttered. Well, didn't shutter um, the little creatures. So. When we were in the US two years ago, pre-COVID, little creatures seemed to be the play. But then, the, the, these that, that was going to be the, the flagship brand, wasn't it? Like a, it was going to be like a the, the beer version of Starbucks sort of thing, where it was going to you'd take over a small yeah. brewery or, a, mm. or or create a tap room, um, and it would uh, it would be the if you like the the front door for your other brands or. Whatever it might be. Yep, and and look, this is one that I, I honestly don't know what it means. What the strategy would be in the US? You know, you, you can see when a stone and wood is purchased in Australia, it props up the other seven beers on tap. It gives them, you know, some cred. You know, all, all of those sorts of things. In, in the US, it's a different market. So, yeah, I, I we'll, we'll certainly be. This only broke this morning. Um, I haven't had a chance to really follow up with any. Uh, contacts in the US to find out what their read of it is, it, it, yeah, it, it'll be very, very interesting to see. Well, it'll be interesting to see too whether it being the US's seventh largest, I don't know if that's volume or value uh, Volume, or because the, the Brewers Association, now I've done the calculation, apparently oh, okay. um, our good friends at Brewbound, which is kind of like the Brews News of the, the, the US, um, said that a workforce of 550... I'm that No, I'll give them that. Um, <laughs> but uh, and around 500,000 barrels of capacity in the Midwest. Um, so 500,000 barrels is 58.5 million litres. To boy. put wow. that into uh, context here, Cooper's 82 million litres. Um, or you know, eight, actually 81 million litres this year. They're peak was 82 mm-hmm. million litres uh, a couple of years ago. So, yeah, I mean, you, you, you're looking at a That's substantial, a probably it's a, it's a three times Stone and Woods volume. Yeah. So, so Matt, would your, would your guess be that Bell's is uh, A, a distressed business or B, a conscious business looking for a custodian? <laughs> <laughs> I'm voting conscious uh, business. But we're getting a bit jaded, as no. I, 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 when you or, or is it founder fatigue? Is it founder fatigue? Well, founder the, fatigue. Um, the, yeah. the the owner. Because I've got to admit, it's, it's and I said to you off air, it's not a brewery that I know a lot about. I couldn't name any of their mm. beers. One of the few that, like, I haven't met somebody from. You know, I've met somebody from most of the bigger breweries, either through the AIBAs or through Gabs or through um, Brewers and Chewers. You know, all those sorts of uh, a brew con. You know, yep. You, 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 I can sort of uh, collect, you know, one person from each of, you know, most of the sort of well-known breweries. But Bell's has just has never been on my on my radar. Yeah, um, well, mate, I'll put it this way: good beer hunting. Um, Kate Bernot, 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 um, excellent uh, beer journalist out of the US as well. Um, she wrote something for Good Beer Hunting, another a, a great site. Going through the history. Um, she says the sale solves a succession question for the Bell family, which uh, for years indicated it was intended the brewery to stay in family hands. Larry Bell's daughter, Laura Bell, briefly served as CEO of the company um, for a year till May 2018, after a decade in other roles. But she left uh, after three years ago to explore her other passions and interests. Um, so I think, mm. yeah, I think it's just um, the, 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 the challenge that you have when... 
a business, you know, your, your personal interest um, in a business runs its course. Um, how do you, you know, what, what is the next stage? Um, Stephen Beaumont uh, commented on Twitter, too big for a buyout by a other similar size business. Like a, a Boston beer company, dogfish head. Uh, well, yeah, maybe Boston a, beer could have taken them Sierra, over. But the, the question then is, what's their motivation to do it? And yeah. you know, yeah. just with uh, as we talked about with Stone and Wood, Lion buying Stone and Wood came at you know the, the, the Stone and Wood's price came at a premium because it solved problems for Lion mm-hmm. that mm. made it more valuable to them to anybody else. Yeah, it, it was more strategic. Yeah, yeah. Than it would have been for anyone else. And, and that's where, you know, what is value, you know? It is what... It, it, is. it, it is what people are willing to yeah, pay. So exactly. on one hand, you know, we, we can criticise equity crowdfunding for being ridiculous, but on the other hand, if people... People are willing to pay People are willing it. to pay it and they're happy with that valuation, um, so long as they're not misled into thinking that they're going to get a return because mm-hmm. it's not going to happen. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> All right, before we move to our... <laughs> if I sound grumpy, it's because it's true. <laughs> Episode title. There's our next T-shirt. And just before we do move on, because, of course, Keeneyhead listeners will uh, will have been saying Lithuania is is metric. They don't use the Imperial. So, fun fact, there are three countries uh, still using Imperial, officially using Imperial. Uh, And I knew knew one started with L, so I was on the right track. Um, It's the US, Liberia, and Myanmar. (laughs) The other one's still still officially using... (laughs) Although, in fairness, in the UK, we do tend to use both, just... Oh, as, as we do here, like, you know, yeah, give someone yeah. an inch, they take a mile. We don't, exactly. we don't convert that to millimetres no, and, exactly. and metres and whatever. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, and we still go, it- oh, yeah, I'll have a couple of ounces of that. Or, yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. Ounces of flour, yeah. that's just standard. That's Weird, it. but standard. Yeah. There you go. Claire, our next story. Uh, there is a, a new chair for the IBA. There is indeed. Uh, so the Independent Brewers Association had their AGM earlier this week and Peter Phillip, obviously been in the role as chair for two years, founder, boss man of uh, Wayward Brewing, is now um, inviting Richard Adamson to take over his role, um, which is really cool. And then we've also got a few new directors, so Callum Reeves from Kaiju, uh, Richard Watkins from Bentspoke and Lauren Jack from Ballistic. So congrats to all of them. That's awesome. And nice to see, um, not that we obviously don't love Peter, but um, some new faces is always good. And Peter, like, yeah, I, I think Peter served longer than planned mm. for the for the chair because Over, of like, COVID. Over, like, a crazy time Over as a crazy well. time for expansion. So, yeah, yeah look, you know, it, it's it, it's one of the things that... He's he's knackered. Because um, he took over when Jamie Cook stepped down rather yes. It, it went into sort of semi-retirement, mm-hmm. um, as he described it back then. Didn't he say it was semi-retirement? Yeah, supposedly so. Yeah. Like a, you know, things that Well, he's fully retired now. You know, he's, he's jumping his motorcycle over a you know, giant pile of cash these days. That's right. So I don't, I don't know if that counts as work or retirement, but it certainly uh, beats playing golf. Oh yeah, and get out of Jamie. I'm not sure. I mean, is he so retired that he doesn't listen to this anymore? I don't know because uh, we can blow the cook water. Only for the first forty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> he cuts off after the cook limit. Um, but no, good. To, yeah, look, always good to see. Um, what do you guys think? I mean, we don't want to get too deep into this, but um, I, I think it's good to get some some fresh faces in. Um, Richard's been. On the board before, or a, or a mm, he was leader of one of the groups, I believe. Yeah, the yeah. training, training yeah. and education. So he, yeah. he's he's been in for a while. But you're spot on, Pete. You know, it was interesting going back to the, you know, reading through all of the really early discussion documents for the IBA for that article that I did last week. Um, 
that it curiously still hasn't been covered anywhere else. <laughs> you know, it just sort of seems to have been a milestone that's just come and gone. Um, but uh, it was interesting to go back and see it because one of the things that was a really important consideration for the IBA was you can't rely on an industry association that relies on people that are also running their breweries to drive fully. Um, uh, you know, it needs to be professionally resourced. So you've got, um, you know, a, a CEO or an executive officer to, to, to drive the, the, the day-to-day stuff because it's just too big a job. You know, running a brewery is a huge job. Um, but at the same time, it's great to have new blood coming on, to have that enthusiasm and, you know, see the, 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 the responsibilities shared around to make sure that the IBA stays, you know, a vibrant organisation. Um, and as I said last week, you know, whilst we, uh, you know, um, a- as we do ask questions about the IBA, as we do of everybody, um, you know, again, I'll use, say it again, grump because it's true, um, but sometimes, um, you know, join the IBA because it's, it, you can't ask what is the IBA doing for me, myself, it's what is the IBA doing for the industry and you just can't dispute what it's doing and then the other thing is if you're not a member how can it do anything for the industry because it needs the resources to do it so yep so good luck to them all going forward claire the ACCC. i think we covered this off before didn't we that um, um there's no opposition to the stone and wood sale but i did did i read that you had written somewhere claire that mm-hmm. there's still another not a hurdle but there's there's still one other box to be ticked or something that i are oh the in- international investment Board, taking yeah, the board some, thing. Like that. I believe they do have to check it off, but I think once it's at the is ACCC... That, is that just because Lion is... Uh, yeah, uh, owned by Kieran. Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. So, yeah. So, so it's not an, it's not an, it's, there's not another Australian level of um, scrutiny no, that needs to pass there through. there is not. And just, I don't think anyone was... State. Yeah, exactly. And I don't think anyone was that surprised about this one. Um, it was just sort of a tying the bow on the package type of thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> what are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That was the end of that. Done. Expansion after uh, record package sales at Cooper's, Absolutely. who we just mentioned. We have indeed. Um, yes, yeah, so Cooper's are going to expand their on-site warehousing capacity after record beer sales across the country, uh, particularly in package sales, which very much offset the uh, expected downfall of kegs over the past year or so. So I think they were down about 21%, but then that was offset by, um, you know, really doing really well in package. So um, good on to, good on, good on to Coopers. Good on you. Because mm. I must admit, I didn't, I didn't, I don't recall seeing a lot of, and I know this is a whole mm-hmm. fraught issue, but, uh, you know, like targeted advertising or yeah, um, yeah. lots of things popping up um, for me in my newsfeed or anything like that regarding Coopers. Um, I'm, I'm sure they are, but it to me it says that, People during COVID, when they wanted to order beer online, mm-hmm. Cooper's was um, perhaps a solid, trustworthy. Yeah. I know I'm going to get good beer. Yep, I, you know, I haven't had it for a while, sort of thing. I wonder yeah. whether that was it, or I think, I think there was definitely an element of that, which is really interesting. And like we do, kind of take the mick out of Cooper sometimes, but in a loving way. Um, <laughs> do I say it again? No, I won't say it to show time again. But it's... Um, but of, and obviously, you know, this has just come to fruition and proved that their move to package was a good idea, and to cans was a good idea, um, and they are doing well. So as much as we take the mick, as I say, in a loving way. 
Um, <laughs> they're doing well. They're and, doing secretly and quietly well. But uh, look, we take the mick when um, it's presented to us in terms of we're innovating, baby. <gasps> you know, we're hip. We're we're down with the kids, <laughs> and the kids. you know. Have you guys heard about cans? <laughs> <Yeah>. Well, <laughs> this uh, look, uh, regular listeners will know that you know, like I, I raised because they had Dr. Tim's in cans, um, and they pioneered this idea of can conditioning beer. That was a real struggle because they couldn't stack the cans at first because they didn't oh, they weren't the pressurized. So you oh. know, they, they they had all of these technical things that they had to overcome to to do what they did with the Dr. Tim's um, ale. Because the Dr. Tim's effectively, it was Cooper's Green or Cooper's Pale Ale. Uh, yeah, they, they don't... Now in I, cans. This is the I thing, you, you don't know whether you're getting a story or whether it's, you know, whether you're getting the marketing story or... Right. Fundamentally, it's not hugely different, but whenever I asked, they always, you know... But, you Based know, off the recipe. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit like when you speak to... Um, when I used to speak to CUB, you know, a decade ago about what makes Crown Lager different to the other things. Well, it's, you know... Higher spec, you know, things like that. You go, well, what does that mean? So anyway, but um, they were so they were ahead of the Australian market um, in terms of canning uh, craft beer at all. And so, you know, when I was asking, I don't ten years ago, we'll, we'll say um, uh, when craft beer was first, you know, when we started seeing the Australian brewery um, put beer in the slimline cans, and you know. The, the American brewers um, had gone large into cans. He was asking Cooper, you know, do you think you know you guys are going to do more when you look at this emerging trend? And they just said no, a, a little bit like Stone and Wood did, you know. Um, and then suddenly it's proven, and they jump on it as if it's an innovation. And, and then same with the, the the beers that they're succeeding with, which is the XPA and the Pacific Ale. You can't really call them an innovation in any meaningful way because they were. For want of a better term, me too beers. Um, you know, so the, us two joining in that trend, not me too. <laughs> you know, you know uh, what I mean? Yeah, I don't, I don't I want to get myself mean. into trouble. I wasn't. It was yeah. innovative for Coopers though, was because it? it was away from there. Well, they, well it was they, new for them. Yeah, because they tended to do uh, the. You know, if they were going to bring out a new product, like one of my favourites was uh, when they did their amber. Amber Ale for a little while. Mm. Um, but then they saw the writing on the wall, I guess, and thought, okay, tropical, XPAs, hazies, that's where we, that's where we need to start moving. The interesting thing that, that this says for me is you look at the number of new product lines that Coopers has launched over the last seven, eight, nine years. You know, they had the Dr. Tim's, they, you know, they had an IPA that I still think is one of the um, least uh, attractive yeah. major beer releases. <laughs> Um, yeah, and, and, and a lot of them have died pretty quickly. When you're as big as Cooper's is, you seem to have a much longer runway for trialling things. Um, you know, craft breweries, if you, you see a lot of them trialling things, if they fail, it's a much bigger thing for them. Cooper's gets to try yeah. these things. If they, you know, if they fail... So be it. If they succeed, they succeed big. So, yeah, it, you know, scale certainly gives businesses, uh, you know, a lot of business, a, a lot of um, you know, opportunity um, to to be wrong for a while, but then suddenly be right and be right writ large. Mm. Uh, Claire, it seems that uh, everything old is new again, again, <laughs> as Cheeky Monkey rebrands again. <laughs> yeah, this is an interesting one, and we don't cover all 
rebrand. Um, if there's something interesting about them in any way, if they're, you know, they're doing it for a specific reason, um, which Cheeky Monkey is. So it's been an interesting one because obviously they only rebranded two years ago. And I spoke to Brendan Day, who's ops manager uh, at Cheeky Monkey, and he was really candid about why they did it. He was like, he fully admitted, like, we've made some mistakes, like, we've struggled to find out who we are and who we want to aim our products at and just who we are as a business. And he was really, really candid about it. Um, so I have to say thank you to Brendan. Um, it was it was a really interesting one. You don't often get that. Um, so that's really cool. Re- especially refreshingly on honest. Refreshingly honest. <laughs> they could put that on their life. <laughs> they should. They should. Um, but it was really interesting as well. So we've obviously covered um, Cheeky Monkey in regards to ABAC a few times. So they've been in front of uh, an adjudication panel um, with regards to their packaging and whether it appeals to minors and they I said to Brendan so is that like a reason was that a thought as to why you did this and he was like it wasn't originally but we've definitely thought about it along the way so everything all the new packaging from Cheeky Monkey is uh, pre-vetted by APAC um, and he was like not to say that that means that we will um, and as we know you know it might come up again uh, someone might complain about it and they'll have to have a look, uh, another look at it but it was really interesting that they took that into account so then go and have a look at the new branding they're drip feeding it out a little bit but it's definitely more mature less like primary colours and things like that. Still with the little monkey head and everything like that on it, which is re- still really cool, and I'm glad they didn't get rid of that. Um, but I think it's a lot of like them just understanding who they are, who their market is, and a lot of it previously was, uh, when they did their previous rebound, they were thinking, oh, well, we've got to go mainstream. We've got to go to the most general audience we possibly can, and this could be appealing to them. But actually, they found um, with the beers that they're, they're finding to be really popular and just who they are as a company, actually, maybe ma- going mainstream isn't for them. And they are looking for um, maybe a slightly pared down audience compared to that, which I think was a really interesting point made by them. And yeah, good luck to him. I think it looks great. Yeah, we might yeah. talk a little bit more about that in Below the Fault. Yes. Or just yeah. it. But um, just as a teaser, which we only do when it's directly relevant, as our listeners will know. Listen out um, in the Brewery Pro content stream next week. I think Sunday it'll drop. Very interesting conversation with Isaac Arthur from Kodo Design. Uh, people who look at the US um, scene, he does a lot of really high quality insight into packaging, um, trends and uh, you know executions. And so I'd sat down to talk to him <laughs> initially about the, the, the Gab's top 10 can designs and get his take on on the design but it ended up becoming a whole 45 50 minutes on the discussion about brand and design um you know, much more higher you know, helicopter view so we'll, i'll have to go back to him and speak a, a, about specificity at some stage because it was um great but look look out for that and uh, when, when you bear it in mind when you're reading the cheeky monkey stuff yeah. yeah. Um, bear in mind too that if you are looking at uh, doing a rebrand, not perhaps not if you did one two years ago, that's that's <laughs> kind of a little bit uh, left to centre, but uh, that's cheeky monkey for you. Um, <laughs> you could call Relling's Label Stickers and Packaging because they can supply labels for your cans or your bottles. They can supply printed blank cartons, can trays, tap decals, the whole thing. So the, the full rebrand. And Matt, big news, um, not quite breaking news, but, but it was announced this week, uh, Relling's have come on board for the 2022 Royal Queensland Food and Wine Show Beer Awards as the premium, premier, platinum, top-of-the-pile sponsor. 
Mate, I have to say, if I knew they Ooh. they had that sort of cash to splash, we would have Ooh. upped our rates for, uh, for for these ads that we do for them. <laughs> hey, where's Bada? We're, we're, we're that kid in the in their in their room going, I knew them when they were Indian <laughs> garage. They were a garage label um, sticker and packaging oh. joint. Now, now they've gone mainstream, and you know, high end, love it. Yeah, but it is playing, playing stadiums. We knew them when they were playing little, you know. Dive bars. He learnt guitar in my garage. <laughs> <laughs> but no, look, and, and you know, all, all jokes aside, it's you know, I, I, you know, and this is an ad clearly, but it's it's worth it, forsaking. It's nice the, because the, the it's true. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say it, this is that they are huge supporters. You know, they love the industry. They are, um, you know. Just, and it, it, it's a way that they saw that they could support the industry. So congratulations. Um, and, yeah, so add aside, um, thank you for, for, for your support of us and also the uh, Royal Queensland Beer and Wine Show Beer Awards. Yeah, um, which we probably should mention. Uh, entries are now open for the... Um, oh, very nice. Yes, let's do that. For the Beer Awards. They are. For, for Queensland Beer Awards. Uh, and, uh, or, you know, full disclosure, I've been a part of it since the beginning and the you and I met in the in the planning stages we I don't mind saying that we're kind of instrumental in making sure that it a got off the ground but b that it got off the ground with integrity and uh, all the you know all the things in the in the right places and it's look I, I think it's a good one for, from a beer judge's point of view and I think then from a, a brewer's point of view it's the first of the year, but it also it gives you the results come out in time for you to, uh, I guess, look at the feedback and you can adjust your um, your recipe or your technique or whatever it might be, your ingredients, uh, in time for entering the AIBA. So it's a good kind of, uh, I guess, a, a litmus test in a way, which is good. But um, we, we probably should quickly go through the why it's, why it's a good one to enter. This year, there'll be a chance to showcase products um, like award-winning beers at the uh, at the ECA, the Royal Queensland Show. There's free access to artwork, you know, for your medals and all that sort of stuff, marketing and social media opportunities. And again, um, Lion have come on board with a $5,000 bursary for the Grand Champion Beer. So oh, it's not cool. just bling for your bottles, it's cash for your till. Yeah, that's right. Like that. uh, oh, and also... Uh, Again, this year, the chance for Queensland's best new craft brewer to win a 12-month commercial contract with Treasury Brisbane, which is the oh, um, the, the cash you know. That's cool they've come on again because it was Burley last year, wasn't it? Uh, yes. So last year it was the best new craft brewer. Is This year I think it's brewery. Ah, uh, okay. Right, is um, it, it just uh, says brewer, but I'm not sure. Or it might have been... It. Maybe I read in in the materials that Convoy maybe are sponsoring maybe the new best new brewery or tap room or something like that, but uh, two years old or, or younger. Ah, I think. Okay, cool. Yeah. Oh, That's and in a new segment that I'm just going to throw in now, which is Prof's um, pat on the back or smack on the bum, um, <laughs> is uh, Convoy. I did notice they put out a, a media release, 100,000. 100, 100,000, yep. Yeah. But then they said this is the amount of kegs. It should have been the uh, number. The number. Yes. Uh, Rookie mistake. Done. But well done on the 100,000. So that's your, your pat on the back, but your slap on the bum. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Claire, Indigenous Program for oh, Drinks Industry. Yes. Has been oh, yep, yep. Yeah, this was a really nice one, actually. 
So the Wine and Spirit Education Trust have launched a new initiative um, to help support Indigenous students uh, develop careers in the Australian drinks industry. So they're recruiting students uh, next month for First Level 1 award in, firstly in wines, but I'd like to see it moving into um, the beer industry. So we'll see what we can do with that. Um, but obviously we've spoken a lot about diversity in the brewing industry this year, particularly in relation to women in the industry. Um, but there's loads of other groups that we want more of in the industry and to be represented here. So this is a great first step for the wider drinks industry anyway. So, yeah, good on them. Well, if I can name check Brad Rogers and – oh, Jane Lewis, just as two, mm-hmm. um, who came over to beer from wine. So oh, maybe, if, you know, you start them off in wine, given the – programs and yeah, the, yeah. Um, scholarships and whatever that's it train them up on wine and then they go but hang Ooh, on beer we like beer better <laughs> this wine thing i can only do that once a year and it's only good if god makes good grapes um, <laughs> exactly <laughs> i can make beer every day there we go nothing nothing breaking from you pete you seem to be our breaking news no. correspondent no, that was it. Okay. Uh, I should point out too that I just got an email before regarding the Royal Queensland Beer Awards that um, for WA and South Australian brewers uh, who are looking at uh, entering, there's uh, free cold logistics transport um, offered. Oh, cool. For them. So, yeah. Sandy. So they're very keen to, to just make sure that everyone uh, – and as they look, it's still, I think, one of the – because it's in its, its – Third year now, so this will be its fourth, I think, Matt. Is that right? I think. Uh, oh, it's, it's been yeah, the, the, the reinvigorated one. Yep. Yeah. Uh, oh, sorry. Yes, of the of the current iteration, it's still one of the cheapest in terms of like best value in terms of the the entry price and all that sort of thing per entry, uh, and and well worth it. Show. Sure. Thanks very much. That's your news. Off you go, or you can stay around for below the fold. And we start below the fold with our mailbag. And our mailbag is thanks to our friends at New Zealand Ale Trail. Head to www.nzaletrail.com or at nzaletrail on all the social medias to find the best beer experiences in New Zealand. Uh, Don't forget, you can review us on iTunes. You can send us in an email, make a comment, join the Facebook group. Just search Radio Brews News, the Facebook group, and use the password Soapbox, and that'll get you in. And you can leave a comment. You can write us a note. You can send Matt a text five minutes after this episode has uh, been released. You'll uh, find you the wish. number if you Google it. <laughs> um, <laughs> Dangerous game you're playing there, Matt. Well, they're doing it all anyway. Let's face it. <laughs> yeah, hello, to all, hello to all of our mystery correspondents. <laughs> and uh, did I say, Matt, that there is a, an extra special prize this week for There is. <laughs> yeah. <a> <laughs> yeah, they were the... Um, uh, the, the CBIA uh, glasses. When I was sort of digging through the locker, I found this, uh, you know, box that had uh, some CBIA, the old CBIA glasses. Um, they're just going glasses with too, CBIA on. So, um, yeah. I bet that's a right treasure trove. That storage space. There's, there, there's there, some things in there. there there's it? some things in there. Yeah. <laughs> um, no dead bodies. There's no skeletons. You um, don't know. <laughs> But, yeah, there is some uh, memorabilia. I I found uh, I was the – because they had supporters, you know, um, you could be a supporter in those days. I think that's when you became a supporter, you got a CBIA sticker and the glassware, and I think that's what the glasses were for. But I found my uh, certificate that I was the number two (gasps) supporter, um, awarded the honorary number two supporter. I think Albo was was given number one Mm. back in those days um, because he was a big supporter of craft beer. So – to be number two behind Albo was a, a bit of a thrill. But anyway, yes, um, email us, be a correspondent, and in addition to a barblade, 
um, you'll get a glass if you want it or a shirt. Cool. There you go. Uh, don't forget to include your size. Not for the glass. That's a schooner. It's not going to <laughs> <laughs> Well, but what's a schooner? Oh, what's a schooner? In, uh, if you're in South oh. Australia, a schooner oh, is it? So it's maybe. You know, yeah. Yeah, anyway, yeah, we, we've got a lot of uh, below the fold. So. Right. Sorry. Yeah. We're, we're uh, enough wittering. Cards and letters. Mailbag. Indeed. Go for it, Claire. Um, this one, this first one, uh, is about the ACCC in Stone and Wood uh, from Byron Lotz. Says, um, I personally didn't think they'd have a problem with this. I feel that craft beer is growing and becoming successful, so we are becoming competi- competition ourselves. Is it though? Mm. <laughs> they mentioned the proposed acquisition may make Stone and Wood draft taps contestable for independent breweries, which may further lower barriers to expansion. But won't the tap then be under contract from Lion, and the pub will be obligated to put them on? In the ACCC's report, it does say that uh, licensed premises, particularly those in metropolitan areas, will continue to reserve taps for independent brewers. Not untrue, but a lot of effort and extra cost go into achieving this for independence against the pulling power of general beer drinking masses and demanding mainstream, easy drinking beers that earn the establishment's more profit, which Stone and Wood now is. Yeah, interesting. Good point. Yeah, uh, and interesting. look, for, for a long time too, I'm sure Lion will consider Stone and Wood to be the independent one of another independent tap because that's how a lot of people who don't follow the news Mm -hmm. are going to come I've always drunk stone and wood or whenever I go down to this pub in in summer or, you know, Mm -hmm. on holidays, whatever, always seek out stone and wood. They'll see it and still think, you know, I'll I'll, I'll still get that. Yeah. Whether they care about independence or not. Mm -hmm. And and that's certainly what you're hearing. I mean, you'd think like if, if, if you're a publican, you've got a contract with line, stone and wood is now owned by line. You'd be going, look, I want my rebate on the stone and wood. Um, or, you know, however that goes. It'll, it'll play out for a while. So, I, yeah, I don't think it's quite as clear-cut um, as some craft brewers want to make out or, or, or vice versa. To, to, to Byron's point, you know, does it matter? Is it a surprise? Probably not. The ACCC can only do what the ACCC wants to do. You know, the, the market will play out. There's a whole lot of other interesting dynamics beyond stone and wood that, that, that are at play. The one thing yeah. I found very interesting about there, just the fuzzy logic um there's no consistency of logic that the ACCC is showing you know if you go Mm -hmm. back and look at the commentary that we had regarding the permission for Asahi to acquire or you know for for Asahi and CUB to merge for want of a better term back then the ACCC said well look Asahi's got three percent of the market and yes they do provide significant competition for the big two Mm -hmm. but we don't think you and they still let that go, and then they describe that there are no, there is no significant competition coming from small craft breweries, mm-hmm. and then now they're suddenly saying that the biggest craft brewer doesn't provide, you know, price pressure um, or you know com- competitive pressure. Um, you know, our investigations concluded that a wide range of alternative independent craft beers will remain. So this is where the ACCC doesn't look at the beer market as craft beer. Yeah, they just sort of look at. You know, they cut the cake any way that suits them. Yeah. So it's not, well, this is a significant craft beer competitor lost. Mm-hmm. This is a significant independent. There's still lots of other indies out there. And you go, well, how does that work? How is any brewery going to grow to become competitive to the, the, the big two if you keep letting them get, mm-hmm. you know, you don't protect them when they're small because of your fuzzy logic, you then let them get taken over once they do start growing so they can never grow into a significant competitor. Um, and you know, where is the alternative competition going to come from if you're not going to let them grow? Because as we've already seen, Coca-Cola, who was 
uh, you know, to some extent, you know, with their international deals and things like that, providing some competition in the marketplace. Now they've just gone, oh man, just no margins, we're out. I would say as well, though, that we, I've seen a lot of, um, uh, the ACCC is like, given this the green light, they've approved it. They have, they haven't got the power to approve anything. They've got the power to say, we aren't going to argue against this. Yeah. That's the only power that the ACCC have. And that's what they internally are fighting against. They're trying to get that power to be able to say, we approve this. As it stands now, the ACCC it was already announced and then they give it to the ACCC and then the ACCC says, is this worth my time fighting this massive thing which you've already announced and it's already like a given in the industry and blah, blah, blah. Can we say, it's like the ABAC's reasonable person test, can we say that this substantially lessens competition? There are loads of other issues around it but that is their main test and like not to defend ACCC but that is where they stand right now. They haven't got that kind of power to say this is ridiculous you can't go ahead with this these are our concerns about this it's too late it's already been announced they don't have any power to do anything unless they want to take it to court Mm. which is a huge undertaking and that's what they're trying to change but it's a tricky one just following on from that had an interesting conversation with you know it's been an interesting week of conversations uh with brewers around a range of subjects but one of the things that one pointed out is that you know the comp and this is a larger um one the competition in the industry is just unprecedented. So on one hand, you do have the aggression of the the, the, the big two, mm-hmm. and then you've got the, the the whole stone and wood and the, the the acquisitions and their competitive marketplace. But one of the really interesting things that I heard this week was the number of hotel groups that are looking at putting in breweries. Um, and we've seen it in Queensland to some extent or... Um, you know, some hotels putting it in um, to try and compete with the small craft breweries that people want to go into. But the logic behind it that I heard this week was the increase in excise, you know, that the, the we saw, you know, the, the big indie um, celebrating the growth in excise. Um, and we were always, oh, careful what you wish for. You know, it was one of those things that... It's such a powerful lever and it's not necessarily a guided missile that only benefits small craft breweries. Apparently, it's made the bigger hotel chains much more interested in putting in their own brewery because not only do you get the margin that making the beer yourself gives you, um, if you can do it at scale, um, and, and uh, you know if you've got a number of outlets... And you don't have to put a sales rep on, and you know, like all of those costs at small breweries that you know, have a small amount through their tap room, but then need to find their scale through package and um, wholesale keg. If you can get all of that volume out through your own chain of things and save those costs, you've got those benefits. But then you've also got the retail margin that is significant when you make it yourself. But when you add three hundred fifty thousand dollar gift from the government <laughs> as being the producer of that beer as well that starts to add up but the downside for independent craft brewers that are looking to get their beer on tap is on one hand you're competing against contracts but then you, you you're going to end up competing against the breweries as the, the you know the the, the venues that you want to sell into um the the, the big chains who are making it themselves. Um, and it's a, it's a little bit like the home brand that... Um, and it's a great business strategy because people are drinking where the beer is being made because of all that comes through there. So 
that was a really interesting insight that, um, you know, I, I God, don't want to talk down the industry, but, you know, I, I just don't see that, you know, there, there's too many, you know, bright... If you're planning a brewery, you know... Watch <laughs> out. Pete, I don't want to say it again. It might sound grumpy, but it's true. Um, you know, it might sound negative, but it's true. You're only grumpy because it's true. It's only funny because it's, it's true kind of thing, but it's only That's grumpy because right. it's true. You know, it's, um, well, there's the front and back of our new T-shirts. We're not in oh, – look, uh, uh, you know, again, you know, when I look at the number of, you know, subscribers that we have that don't subscribe because maybe they've been un- – happy with their uh, coverage of their own little piece of the beer world. Um, you know, when, you know <laughs> the, the, the number of times you sort of hear, Pete, you know, I love, love what you guys do. You know, you're sort of out there keeping the bastards honest. And, and you know, everyone's really, really pleased with that until you know, they're until the bastards. The bastard. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, yeah. Um, so so you like this to go, if you, if you want, you know, or sunshine, rainbow, lollipops. Mate, this ain't it. This is just you're just going to get the news and the truth and you know honest opinion. Look, if 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 you want us to tell yeah. you that the beer industry is awesome and that if you enter, there is going to be an immediate market for your beer yeah. because your idea is better than everybody else's, and, and, and it's basically. easy, and everyone's a big fan, and everyone gets on, and no barriers to entry, and no barriers to entry, and even <laughs> no though you're toes. the 554th craft brewer, you know, plus all of the uh, craft beer brands, it's just you know. There, there is a you know a, a demand for the for your version of XPA or whatever. Um, if, if if that's what you want to hear, there are other places. <laughs> Not here. <laughs> Not here. Not on these things. It does. Well, yeah, because if, if if you're investing a lot of money in stainless steel, um, you might want to have you know you know hear this the the, the headwinds that you're sailing check. into. Yeah, okay. if you're pushing your boat out from the dock. Yeah, you know, into that rising tide. Um, where are the headwinds? We yeah. are the weather report. <laughs> We're the shipping news. <laughs> this is news. how it is. <laughs> speaking, speaking of new beers or new brands or new branding, mm. uh, what's the deal with what's White Label Brewing? So, so White Label Brewing, interesting, it, it's suddenly been in everyone's Facebook feed, which, again, shows the ridiculousness of sponsoring Facebook ads because the people who have already asked for your news are the ones that are getting it. Turns out um, it's Glasshouse Mountains. Um, it's just a side mm. project that they're doing. Oh, okay. um, the Glasshouse Mountains Brewery, uh, Simon uh, McLeanchley, oh, who we've spoken to yep. um, in the past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yep. You know, it's just, I think it's five, car- five cartons, minimums. Or no, how, when you look at it, there's a minimum number of cartons you get, but it's corporate gifts. So if you yeah. want to have oh, Brews okay. News Pale Ale or Brews News Lager, um, and I, I, they they may even be getting their shrink wrap labels from um, Rallings. Rallings, but it's it, it, it's that sort of thing. But I, I'm trying to remember there was a guy 15 years ago who was doing the same sort of thing where yeah, it was a much bigger minimum purchase that you had to do. Um, but he was just doing a generic lager. I think it was coming out of um, Australian independent brewers in those days, and he was just the marketing guy um, doing it. So yeah, if if you just want a wedding. You know, a beer for your wedding, or you know, beer for for, for such yep. and such, um, commemorative beer, Christmas gifts. You know, um, it, it, it's just doing that. So uh, yeah, that yeah. was just so a, the same concept as the brew for you, but you don't have to go in and yeah, brew it. you don't have to do anything, and you get it <laughs> labelled with, with 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 your own stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, not yeah, nice yeah. little thing, and uh, yeah. So I had an interesting chat to to Simon about it. Um, but it, the, the interesting thing for me is it. He he was amazed that anyone had seen it because they just said, oh, look, we just put a small spend, 
behind it on Facebook um, just to sort of get it out in, into our area. But anyone with an interest in craft beer seems to have got it. So I don't know um, who's doing the, the settings for them, but They're doing all it's right. one of the things that I see over and over again with our, you know, we don't sponsor posts because we figure that people that want it are going to get it and it just, to us, wasted money because anyone that sponsors, that pays to sponsor, seems to, I, I see it 10 times. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if, if, if that's the data that Facebook are then feeding back to you going, yeah, you've, you, you, your organic reach is this. I'd you've really, reached X number of eyeballs. Yeah. yeah. And I'm sort of going, well, you've reached my eyeballs twice, <laughs> uh, or, you know, 10 times. 10 so times, does, yeah. So does that mean that, so I don't know. So yeah, considering and that was just another interesting data point that you know online marketers may want to, to consider when you're looking at your your data because they said mm. that they put very little behind it, but it seems to have had a really big reach um, to anyone that's in, engaged in craft beer, which is good for like a new business, I suppose. But, but not I've seen it. I've seen it fifty times. Is do you think then that sort of defeats the purpose because people start to get annoyed about it then? But that comes down to what your target is. And uh, again, mm. we've got a lot of marketers um, who will no doubt, um, please yeah, let us give know. us your thoughts on, on this. Um, it's not our area, I suppose. Because advertising on TV for big brands, it was expensive. But the reason that they did it was that re- repetition. Um, and if you're a small brand on Facebook for the relative cheaper cost of Facebook advertising, maybe that repetition does help mm. um but if you yeah i i i, yeah. I, I don't know marketers mm. tell it give it give yeah, us let us thought. know yeah cool one three hundred eight five two two three five just by the way no because i just I, it just occurred to me when um Did we not say matt said i don't know if they're getting their labels from rallings that we hadn't um oh, didn't we know the number. and I, had, I hadn't read out the number when we didn't do an ad um but promoted them as the uh, major sponsor of the mm. year awards there you go Moondog Tinnies. Yeah, Moondog and Tinnies collaboration. So Tinnies obviously being Coles Liquor private label brand. Correct me if I'm wrong. And, and, and let's Coles face Liquor. it, Coles yes. is kind of like the, <laughs> the player of the, yeah. you know, to, to, to the highly sophisticated retail approach that Woolworths or you An know, Endeavour, Endeavour yeah. seems to have done through Dan Murphy's. Coles is always sort of go, oh, well, we'll try this. We'll try this. <laughs> Going back to my point about you can try a lot of things and fail a lot. Um, um, <laughs> All right, fair enough. No, no, yeah, you know, because no, no, right. they've, they've tried everything, and you walk in there, and every time the store is a little bit different, but mm. you know, just trying something different. Trying you know, to figure it out. Look, I know there's something in this craft beer thing. <laughs> if we can only work it out, we're all trying to figure it out, yeah. Matt. Let's <laughs> so they're the Coca-Cola <laughs> of the of, of, of the retailing <laughs> space. <laughs> what a comparison. <laughs> um, anyway, Stephen Hodkins says, uh, "Seems a genuine independent in Moondog is collaborating with a supermarket brand. Has there been any other examples of this?" I've not seen any of direct supermarket brands or like private label brands, but I have seen a lot of. We've seen a lot of craft independents and the big boys. Mm. We've seen a lot of that, haven't we? Interesting one. But look again. It's there's. It reminded me of that parable of you know the scorpion saying to the frog, you know, would you swim yeah. me across the river? Like, no, mm. you're not getting on me. You'll sting me. You're a scorpion. He goes, no, I promise I won't sting you. And then gets, you know, after this goes on back and forth, eventually, okay, hop on, scorpion, swims across, you know, gets him across, scorpion jumps off and stings the frog. And the frog says, why did you do that? Because I'm a scorpion. <laughs> you know, it's, it's in my nature. It's, it, it's in my nature, yeah. And it's kind of, there is a little bit about that. You know, on one hand, a, a brand like Moondog needs 
retail space and growth and all of those sorts of you know, and it needs ranging. Um, and, and they've got a big brewery, and you've got to you've got to pump a lot of beer out of that. They to... have been closed. You know, their their big venue has been closed. Yep. Um, for for a long period of time, you completely understand the business imperative of it, and no criticism there. It's a business, and you you, you take every opportunity you can. But the flip side is that you're also enabling a person that can come back and bite you, you know, because um, Coles has got no loyalty. You know, the, the major retailers have got no loyalty to craft brewers. They'll drop you as soon as they can. Oh, and Yeah, they'll, they'll, they're loyal for as long as it's selling. Yeah. yeah. It matters until it doesn't. Um, <laughs> yeah. Kind of thing. So, uh, yeah. But, but it's interesting. Do you think, does this... Because uh, I don't think this loses any credibility for Moondog because, no. it's, as I say, it's no, the, no, pointy it end of well. the pointy end of yeah. and you know, again, the absolutely no criticism. Like it, 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 we, we're, we're talking, you know, we don't have skin in the game. We can yeah. talk without self-interest coming into it. So it's not um, in any way criticizing Moondog for a perfectly valid business decision yeah. that no. benefits very them and is very sens- sensible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But the and ninety percent of tinnies drinkers would not know that where tinnies is brewed or that it's no, a cold no, brand. They just know, oh, it's that one I like. Yep. But that in itself is where the, the 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 very interesting thing is because Moondog is enabling, like they're legitimising, they're you know giving the patina of credibility to a brand that is just a you know and, and again yeah that's but, what I'm saying so it benefits yeah. Coles more than it does. Oh, I, I, oh, I, no, I, I, I don't get, think it's Moondog will get full ranging and have their name and yeah like it yeah. has it gets access. I think it's pretty equal. Just in this particular relationship, but maybe but, it's but wider it, reverberations. Are I think, yeah, do you think adding Moondog to the label gives Tinnies more credibility. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. But yeah. then again, uh, it, it's, it, I think it's one of those win-win things for both of them. I think where the lack of winning um, may come in is you know, <laughs> the losing. No, 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 the losing. The losing. No, you I'm trying not to upset people. <laughs> <laughs> the lack of winning. Um, <laughs> That's a good one. Um, I like that. The, there's, there's the, uh, the comes in, you know, like does uh, we, we recently saw the IBA talk about in in their submission on Stone and Wood the competition that they face from the you know and, and they actually called the big retailers out as being major competitors and you know um, uh, that probably wouldn't have gone down too well, but. Does Moondog get to put the indie seal on this collaboration? Surely well, not. Well, surely not. But, it, but if it does, you know, does it apply to one hundred percent of the beer? Or does I don't. It apply but to the the, look, of the arrangement. The, this is where the lack of winning Moondog comes is. in. You know, because it's it it, 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 it's a curveball that you know you, you you need to address. Can they put it on the indie seal? If the indie seal's on, does that legitimise? What is rapidly yeah. becoming the craft beer segments, the independent craft beer segments, ma- a major competitor, not just line in uh, CUB. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you've but got indeed. that. And, yeah. you know, look, it, it goes back, you know, I'll have to dig out the audio that I recorded. Um, remember the time I walked into a, a, a Coles, like it was their um, first choice? First choice, yeah. And, you know, so I said, oh, look. Interesting, you've got this steamroll beer. Um, who makes that? And you know, on one hand, the, the the lady that served me, you know, so said, "Oh, look, I don't know who makes it, but I know it comes out of a, a little brewery in Melbourne." And I, you know, followed up by saying, "Oh, look, a little brewery in Melbourne. I know a lot of the Melbourne breweries. Which one? I don't know, but it's the same one that makes that one." Pointing at Mountain Goat, Mountain Goat, yeah. um, which was it was coming out of Laverton. So, 
the staff had been briefed enough to know that, well, if Mountain Goat equals craft, and this comes from the same brewery as Mountain Goat, then this equals craft as well. Um, and it was $20 a carton cheaper. And that was always the, the really uncomfortable deal that was being done with contract brewing, where you're not owning it because you're legitimising this, this, this competition. And yeah, I'd, I'd, suddenly you're going to have this Tinnies brand that has the patina, um, you know, because Coles aren't doing it, you know, for any reason other than their own self-interest. So anyway, yeah, no, look, interesting, interesting. But then it's the market that we're in. You know, it's, yeah. it's a, it's, um, actually, this is probably a really good place because we're running oh, out of time. yeah. Completely forgotten, Pete. Now, I'm just going to play, we are going to go over time, sorry, listeners. So this is almost below the fold, below the fold. Beneath the crease. <laughs> this is page two, beneath the fold. Page two, left-hand column. Little, um... Thing I recorded, it's gone up. Modus has has released a beer called Mexican Chaveza. Basically, let's isn't uh, that beer beer? Well, it's <laughs> launched Modus Chaveza, a crisp, easy drinking classic beer inspired by coastal Mexico and freshly brewed on this side of the Pacific. Modus Chaveza has been designed to to inspire Aussies to. Enjoy a refreshingly uncomplicated summer free of stress and restrictions. Um, now, look, we don't do a lot of new beer stories on Brews News because, you know, they are a dime a dozen. But yep. suddenly when you see Modus manufacturers of uh, former tenants, you know, big hop-forward beers, <laughs> Corona in a can, um, add lime. It's interesting. You know, what is the thing? What does this say about craft beer? So anyway, without further ado, this is a conversation that I recorded with Jazz Warren. We'll talk about this on the other side. Jazz Warren, welcome to Brews News Week. Thank you very much. Good to be here. Now, Modus Chaveza, talk us through it. Well, I know. It's very exciting. I think we're uh, coming into summer. We thought, you know, we didn't have enough going on with a, with a new build-out, a new venue, <laughs> brewery. That we thought, you know what? Let's do a, a you know, a new a new national release beer. So, um, Modus Avesa, um is the one that we've landed on for our summer release, which we're um, it's it's very new for us. I think it's new for the country. I think we may be the first Australian brewery to add Acevesa into our core range. Actually, that's what I find fascinating uh, because we've kind of closed the circle. Because it, it, it it's funny that you say you're the first because you almost have to put first craft brewery ahead of that don't you or you know because it, it wow it, Australian it, brewery Australian owned and brewed I think we, might, <laughs> could, we could be you know there's lots of little loopholes I can find to bring that first in let's just say it's a great beer let's not try and even sort of talk about first <laughs> or anything like that because there's this whole social media thing that will see us both torn to shreds but let's yes. talk a little bit about it because you know I'm, I'm struck by a beer like this that in so many ways you know, what we came to call the craft beer movement was a reaction against, you know, what Stone used to call the fizzy yellow um, Mm -hmm. lagers. And we are seeing, you know, whether it's uh, Chavesa um, or anything, we've seen craft breweries putting Japanese lagers and adjunct Mm -hmm. lagers and things like that out. And now we're coming around to something like how Corona-ish is is the Modus version? Well, it is it is a traditional cerveza, so we do use traditional ingredients like corn, but it is very, you know, it is that what we've got on our label, crisp, classic beer, and that's what it is. Um, and I guess we've, I've, well, I've been watching the market for a while and I've just realised that, you know, we, we import all of our cervezas, which makes sense. Um, but I just, yeah, we thought that there is a, there's a need here. And I, I really think this is kind of, again, born from 
COVID and this pandemic, um, it's been a really complicated year. And I think that this summer is going to be all about catching up. It's going to be a big summer of catching up with friends and family. Um, and it's almost like a, an uncomplicated beer for, for what has been a very complicated year. Um, and I think there will be so much socialising that people are just going to want to grab something that's easy drinking they don't really need to think about and something that they – the other thing is that, you know, people are very passionate um, post post this lockdown is about supporting Aussie businesses um, and being, you know, so they say all of, the, all of those products are imported. I think people, um, you know, from what we've been getting feedback even in our venues is like this is awesome that we can support an Aussie brewery making a cerveza. Okay. Um, now, without uh, having a go – Great commercial break, you know, very well. Uh, <laughs> what does this say about the market, though, that, you know, the brewery that, uh, you know, this is no former tenant um, and yes. not saying that beer should be or anything like that, but I can't imagine that Modus would have launched on this beer or this beer would have inspired, you know, the craft beer movement um, that, that we've seen. So what what does the fact that a brewery like Modus can bring this out um, without it being a, um, you know, a, an ironic beer um, mm-hmm. that the, the, the market has matured? Well, you know, that's the thing. I think being independently owned, being owned by Grant and I, you know, we, we don't ever have to, we can just do what we want. We're never pigeonholed and we're never told what we can and can't do. You know, we really like to listen to the market and I can, you know, we've been listening to consumers and we we have these two great venues that we can market research in and people are definitely going for, you know, those, you know, a slightly lower ABVs and that kind of easy drinking. So if we don't listen to our consumer, we're mad. Um, but that's not to say that, hey, we just, you know, only a few months ago we released Neon Nectar, um, a big hazy IPA and people loved it. And then we've got, you know, next year's plans. We've got lots of like fun high ABVs in in plan. I guess that's the the interesting thing, you know. Like I, I think of Stone Brewing, who I've, um, you know, sort of watched uh, since the very beginning, and you know, their catch cry was "You're not worthy," you know, because beers had to be a challenge, and, and you had to step mm-hmm. up to them, and you know, the the, the fizzy yellow liquid um, or other unkind descriptions that, that, mm. that we've seen, and that's what inspired the craft beer movement. And yet we're now seeing beers that were once, you know would have been sneered at by the, the very mm. industry that is now embracing them. You know, were we wrong as beer drinkers um, to, to sort of roll our eyes uh, at them, you know, 10, 15 years ago when now we're embracing them? Yeah, look, I just think that, you know, the market is constantly evolving. Consumers are constantly evolving. Um, you know, if you go into a business thinking you're just going to produce this, and then, you know, I think, I think you're mad and you miss out on, on trialling new things. And it's, you know, it's exciting trialling new things. I mean, look at us. We've gone from, you know, we've, we've, we've brought thing? out a non-out. Okay. I, I guess that's you know? my point. Is it a, yeah. is it a new th- it's, it's new for Modus and it's pretty new for the, for the craft beer space, you know, if, mm. if that means anything anymore. But is it a new thing? Is it an evolution or is it, you know, um, a regression back to – where, where we were and, and and none of this is value judgment because it's a, yeah. it's a beer that you know you can enjoy and as you said it's simple and crisp and you know uncomplicated yes. and all of those things but it's cert- you you wouldn't have seen a, a a brewery um in the space that you occupy bring it out 10 years ago for example Mm-mm. i think it's um it's a maturing craft beer market i mean you look at um wineries um or, or wine drinkers you know it, it, there's so much flexibility and choice 
and and you know we love that as a consumer you know craft beer drinkers just because we're craft beer drinkers doesn't mean we always want to be drinking eight percent hazy hoppy beers we also want to be drinking um stouts we want to be drinking cervezas we want to be drinking sours um and i think that's where we're maturing is that it's that variety and i guess you know yes this is an uncomplicated beer but it's still brewed very you know very high quality um, we've used great ingredients and it's giving the consumer, I guess, a chance now to to find choices within that market that are, are good quality. Excellent. It's only available at Dan Murphy's and Booze Bud, is it? Or? No. So it's available um, Dan Murphy's New South Wales, Booze Bud Online, and it's also at Good Bottle Shops right. and on-prem as well. So we're just, um, at, yeah, it's basically rolling out as of now. Terrific. Thank you for joining us uh, on Brews News Week. Thank you, as always. There you go. <laughs> so again, like I just want to say, absolutely nothing negative. This is the the beer market, Pete. But you know, is this innovation? Is this evolving consumer tastes, or is it just going well? If you can't beat them, join them. Yeah, name checking Jane Lewis again. Two birds when Taco came out. I don't know that that's a, an ale and not, but but it was described as cerveza. Um, I, I know Jazz is saying that this is the first sort of like, Mate, uh, like um, El Jefe um, uh, up here. Uh, Ether do a do 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 a um, Mexican Mexican yep. beer. You know, Corn, like it, yeah. so. You know, I, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, Matt knows. That's the uh, <laughs> not, not El Jefe, is it? El Jefe <laughs> it is. People in me about it last week, so I said El Jefe. Yeah, no, I'm just <laughs> back in my staff. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. I appreciate that. Pete's just a freelancer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, but yeah, like it, you know, it, I, I, again, most very, very successful marketers, you know, very, very good. Um, and, you know, just wanted to stay on message about selling the, the independence and the, the quality and all of those sorts of things and do not dispute any of that. But, you know, <laughs> at the end of the day, what does it say about the beer industry? Have we finally closed the loop? Well, um, you, you could argue in, in a post-craft world that yes. everything everything is changing because don't forget, remember early on, you couldn't open a craft brewery without uh, a stout, an IPA, a stout or a porter, an IPA, an American pale ale, yep. like, uh, and, a, and, a, and a Belgian wit or some or some sort of you know everyone that that's what everyone mm. everyone was doing. We've then kind of moved, and for so long we were talking about describing craft about what it wasn't instead of saying what it was. Um, and then I guess maybe have we just not noticed as, a, as an industry that there are sweeping changes that, that may be glacial. And this is just going back to, well, you know. I, I take your point. And there's no criticism for, for having made it. But if any brewery had opened, had launched a beer like this yeah. 10 years ago. Yeah. They, well, they wouldn't have, would they? No, because you wouldn't have because the, the, you there, almost, there was You almost this... need to brew a former tenant to give you permission to brew a cerveza. Or, or you just need the market to have matured and evolved. And, and yeah. I had a bit of a chat with um, Jazz sort of after this. Said, oh, I wish I'd captured because this is where it was where, you know, we, we sort of, and she said, yeah, like the, the market, you know, we don't want to, there's this huge market that we're not playing in. Exactly the same as Stone and Wood did with their um, Green Coast 3.5. You know, there, there yeah. is, yep. which, which to me... Um, we need to bring more drinkers over from the ninety-five percent. Not well, they're not. Yeah, the yeah. Well, we, 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 we need to get into that. There's this whole area yeah. that we're denying ourselves, and if we're businesses are going to survive, 
why do we want to not play in there? Um, and craft beer was talked about in terms of a revolution. Yes. It's revolution against something. You know, and I certainly know that when I was doing beer tastings in the early to mid 2000s, it was, you know, one day, you know, I'm just bringing the next generation of, you know, drinkers in and, you know, one day everyone's going to drink these beers. And that just hasn't happened. You know, a lot of people are very content with just easy drinking beers, the same as they ever were. But it, it's almost like, you know, Crown Lager was the premium version of VB. And people that wanted yeah. to be more discerning drank Crown Lager and then... Well, to celebrate an occasion rather yeah. than just, oh, this isn't the everyday beer, this is... This is the special beer. Um, yeah. And, or, it's you like, know, yeah, I'm not going to walk out with a carton over my cut, shoulder. The good cutlery. <laughs> yeah. you know, the, and the then the, the Brewed Under Licence Internationals yeah, right. became that thing, you know, and, and you know, you buy Carlsberg or Heineken or yep. Peroni, depending Peroni, on what yep. was on sale that yep. week, but it was still the, the, the beer that you took to the dinner party. Craft beer, you know, at, at, there is a part of the market where there isn't this one market for craft beer anymore. You know, where craft beer bleeds into the mainstream, they, you know, if they don't want the sours, if they don't want the fruiteds, um, that are the easy drinking versions, why not be in this market? Um, yeah. But yeah. again, it's, it's, it, uh, and again, that's where when I was, you know, giving Jazz the opportunity to have the sales pitch out there, which he did very well. And, uh, you know... Um, because... I never let the opportunity... <laughs> no, 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 no. Absolutely, yeah. But I'm Drop fascinated about what it says about the market in the same way that when enzymes started being used um, and high-gravity brewing or, you know, you know, those sorts of things and what, what this says about the market. And I think um, this is the next frontier. Well, Matt, I stick to my original contention going way back when, you know, oh, why don't, why don't craft brewers uh, brew lagers... Because they couldn't, they, we weren't very good at it, and I think now we we are much better at it. Because back then it, it would have been compared unfavorably in price because it'd be sitting next to something that you know the value of, and you go, "Oh, hang on, this is yeah. like four dollars an each. VB's two dollars an each," and then you taste and you go, "Oh, and it's not even as good as VB because it was either sold free it was craft, or, yeah, 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 yeah. It's hard it was craft." That. Yeah, you had to exactly. have the blemishes if we, you bought we, organic we the, kind of thing. We didn't have the we didn't have the time, the space, the money to lager lagers uh, properly. And home brewers, yeah, in, in, in the garage brewing, you know, like the the Savamata GoPro thing. Yep. The, the the industry is catching up at, at, at a skill and a technical and a quality level. Yeah, exactly. In some ways. Yep. Yep. Yeah, but I, I think you're spot on, and and that's what I was, and, and that's where the rubber hits the road on this one for me, you know, what it says, because I always used to, when you had the 80s, a lot of craft breweries, uh, boutique breweries, um, microbreweries started in those days, but they were making a product that was a European premium lager that was tackling the big, you know, the mainstream beer head on, and it was much more expensive, and they were tackling the big brewers who could do it cheaper. And that's where I think that we've seen this, the craft beer movement, whilst the revolution in taste failed in terms of getting 100%, you know, becoming what the market is. It hasn't failed in terms of a lot of people are, are drinking differently and things like that. The legacy of that thinking is that craft beer is something that you'll spend more money on for the same thing. So when yeah. you make a Corona, um, which is a premium price, <laughs> like when you see what it... It's not a cheap beer. Well, it's not a cheap beer. It, it, it's but a huge it margin beer. Um, yeah. But, yeah. It's, it, it, but it's not a cheap beer. But then craft, if you can tap into that and get the benefits of that craft premium for a beer that is exactly the same, that's you know a huge opportunity. 
Um, mm. But that's where protecting brand and things like that. So, yeah, that was what I was trying. And um, Jazz said some of the most interesting parts of it off mic when she wasn't selling. Um, and she gave me permission to say that, by the way, because we, 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 we did talk about that. Um, but, yeah, I, that's where I think it's really, really fascinating that brewers, craft brewers do see an opportunity to go what in a product is head-to-head, but with a much more expensive product um, because yeah. of the craft beer premium. I know we are over time. We are so uh, far over time, yeah. But just really quickly, it's just occurred to me, the funniest thought I've had in a long while. Um, (laughs) Do you know what would be really innovative for an independent or a craft brewery to do now would be to come out with a wheat beer? Well, mate, oh, I've got sent an exclusive pre-release and I'm not sure whether I'm meant to tease it. Um, The Redback. Can of Redback. Oh, yeah. Oh, Oh, yeah. From Matilda Bay. Coming out of uh, Yatler or no, no, Matilda Bay. Yeah, yeah, I, I believe. Oh, I believe yeah. it's out of Hillsville. Hillsville. I'll, have to, okay. I'll have to check see whether it's under license or not. But um, yeah, tasting because they only nice. had they only had uh, they had the owl the owl ale um, yeah, in cans and they had a pale. Mate, I'll I'll I'll, I'll, I'll message. Oh, they're they're okay. very keen for us to try them, and uh, we don't have a prof spear of the week, but. Courtesy of, of Blue Stone, Stone Yeast, you can have a freebie because he has reached out a couple of times. We just weren't sure how we could fit any more advertising into this. <laughs> um, but we'll give him a free plug. Blue Stone Yeast and my uh, tip of the week going back to the quality lagers, um, I forgot to say it, Heads of Noosa 3.5 mid-strength lager is just magic. Get oh, on that it. That is good. It is like it is line and length. Like It is a craft version of what your dad always drank but if you want a good, honest, clean lager that's got bite and body and all of the things, but in 3.5 um, and support an independent craft brewery, get on it. Oof. There we go. Courtesy of Bluestone Yeast. There you go. <laughs> Freebie. <laughs> we might have to follow good. up because, yeah, um, need to. We do tend to keep doing it anyway, so we may as well. <laughs> well, we, <laughs> like, some, somebody's got to pay the bills. <laughs> yeah, speaking of paying the bills. Uh, yeah, the, the Professor's Pilsner was brewed with, um, with Bluestone Yeast. Oh, there you go. All right. And on that unplanned, unprepared and unsponsored note, <laughs> we thank our real sponsors, Cry Malt, Rellings Label Stickers and Packaging and New Zealand Ale Trail for making this all possible. Uh, thanks very much, Matt. Thanks very much, Claire. Thank Good you, Pete. Have a lovely week. You too. I'm now uh, suddenly um, unencumbered by many of my commitments that have been in place as a regular thing for the last 13 years as the middle Pilsner had her last exam yesterday. So that's it. She's now 13 years of school behind her. Wow. So I said, hey, you're an adult now. You get yourself wherever you've got to go. one and, and a half of homeschool. Pay yeah. for it. <laughs> yeah, get exactly. a job, get yeah. out. <laughs> no, and so look, at yeah, I, a big shout out to all of the, um, anyone who's done year 11, 12 in 2020, 21, just particularly in, in Victoria and Melbourne specifically has has just missed out on a lot of those rites of passage kind of things with you know debs and formals and um, celebration evenings and what are they, symposiums and all, all those sorts of things that uh, that they would normally have. Uh, luckily, the exams all went off without a hitch, which was which was good. They were able to do those uh, sort of as as normal. But uh, yeah, so well done to them all. Congratulations. Beautiful. Yes, well said. Yes. So on that note. Drink fresh, drink local, look after yourselves and each other, and wash your damn hands. And we're out. Boom. 
Don't forget, if you like what we do here at Radio Brews News, you can help us out in a number of ways. You can sponsor the show either by a small monthly contribution or through a one-off donation. You'll find details in the show notes. You can also review us on iTunes or whatever your favourite podcasting service happens to be. Let us know what you think and help others find and discover our shows. Finally, you can tell us what you think about what's going on in the beer industry by emailing us at producer at brewsnews.com.au. All letters received will receive in return, as by way of thanks, a Brews News bottle opener. We love hearing your thoughts on the stories we cover because, as you may have heard, beer is a conversation. <laughs> <laughs>